On episode number 14 of the Street Photography Magazine podcast, we're going to talk about how to improve your photography by writing about it. Hello, welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, and with me is Ashley Huntsberger. How are you doing today, Ashley? Hey, everybody. Doing good. Yeah, that's good to hear. And as you probably know by now, Ashley is in Bolivia. She's down there enjoying that sunny Bolivian weather. It's in the U.S., we're getting ready to to freeze our buns off here. You'll be listening to this over the Thanksgiving weekend. Give you something to do over Thanksgiving besides eating too much and watching football. So we decided to record this a little early and put it on during Black Friday. And if you're really smart, you stay away from the stores grab your camera, and go shoot something interesting. Shoot the mayhem. Shoot the mayhem. That's right. <laughs> so today, so what are we going to talk about? Oh, well, let's talk about the news. We've got uh, something very important coming up, the uh, Miami Street Photography Festival. So what's going on with that, Ashley? Yeah, it looks really good, and it starts next week. All the Well, obviously, they've had their uh, call for entries and the winners for this year's festival. But the actual main events are starting next Wednesday. So, well, I guess I should say the date, not next Wednesday. <laughs> On Wednesday, November 30th. So that's opening with a Jill Friedman exhibit, um, which should be really good. It's black and white. It's a black and white exhibition with prints from the 60s to the early 90s. So that should be good. And then there's tons of good uh, talks and workshops that are going to be going on over the weekend. Uh, the festival runs until Sunday, December 4th, so you can make a long weekend out of it, um, and there's lots of stuff going on. We mentioned in the blog one of the workshops, I believe it's sold out, so hopefully you got in there, um, about finding your vision. That one looks really good with Alex Webb and Rebecca Norris Webb, so it's a five-day workshop. It, I'm not sure the dates, actually. No, I am sure the dates. <laughs> it starts Monday, November 28th, and goes through December 2nd. So that's a pretty intensive course, five days. What's the longest workshop you've done, Bob? I've done, the longest workshop I've ever attended was zero days. <laughs> half day. Half day, not even a half day. Well, I've, I've taught one, which was a full day, but uh, I have yet to attend one, and this is... It's actually an objective of mine. I want to attend one of Valerie Jardin's, and I'd love to attend one of Glenn Capers, who I'm going to talk about later, as well as Harvey Steins. There are so many people that teach workshops. I've got a whole list of the ones I want to attend. But uh, uh, the Webbs taught one a couple years ago down at the Miami Festival, I think, and I hear it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, this one was pretty expensive. I think it was like $1,500, but um, I mean, they're really, they're fantastic photographers. And finding your vision is, is such a, I feel like that's a subject a lot of us struggle with. So I think it's going to be a really good workshop. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. Okay, $1,500, that's a lot of money. Uh, you know, a good camera body costs about $1,500, but I think you... A, a new camera body is not going to make you a better photographer, but $1,500 worth of education from somebody who really knows their stuff and knows how to teach will improve your photography vastly. 
Yeah, even if you just have a little point and shoot. Maybe it's worth it to get the point and shoot and go to the workshop and then invest in the camera. <laughs> yeah, or use your phone. I mean, nowadays, all cameras are good. They they all create yeah. excellent images. You don't need the latest and greatest and, and hottest piece of gear. Um, Isn't that what um, one of your interviews recently, was it Sabrina, said that she liked to take images sometimes with just an old point and shoot. I, I can't remember what camera she said, but it was something really basic. And she said she liked the style of images she got from it. Yes, yeah, she does. She uses some, some really old cameras. And I do, I, I forget which ones that um, she uses. She, ha she has a pretty big collection of cameras, but she'll take one out that's six or seven years old. I think she was using the Canon G6 and she made some fabulous images with it. Yeah, so it's all about your style and not so much about the gear. It's not about the gear. It's not the arrow, it's the Indian, as Chichi Rodriguez used to say. You know who Chichi Rodriguez is? You know, I do not. Okay. <laughs> he's a golfer. He's a, he's a golfer. A golfer? A golfer, yeah, he's a golfer of my parents' generation. And But he's still wow. alive, he's still playing. Yeah, very, very popular golfer in the 1960s, right, with Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, all those guys. But anyway, back to the festival. Um, I know that workshop sold out, so probably most of you won't get a chance to go. But there are lots of talks that are really good. Um, Saturday looks like a great day to be. Um, not only do you have the Get Your Hands on a Laika camera event, but there's also a... Master Talk by Martin Parr, who is Magnum Photos president. Um, so he talks about his perspective of society, which sounds good. There's also a Leica talk um, called Passion Before Profit. And they're going to talk about the integrity of recognizing moments and opportunities in photography. So that sounds really good, too. Um, tons of events, definitely. We'll put the link in the, in the show notes here so you can check out all of the events because there's just a lot going on. And if you have the chance to go down to Miami, you know, sometimes you can pick up a, a cheap flight. It will most definitely be worth it. There's also an event I forgot to mention, but it talks about street photography versus documentary photography, which oh. to me sounds like a really interesting, um, an interesting subject to talk by a panel. So I always feel like the line is so blurred between the two. I think that would be a really good one to attend. Yeah, that would be very interesting. I wonder if they're going to record these things and, and make them available. Good question. I don't know. I have to ask them. Uh, we will be publishing a special issue um, showing the winners of the festival. Yeah, so it'll be free. We did it last year. We're going to do it again this year. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, too. They have such outstanding photographers. Maybe we'll get to attend one year, Bob. Uh, well, I'm thinking next year. Yeah. Get out of the Great White North for a few days. Okay, we're well, moving right along. Let's talk about our subject this week. And it's all about how to improve your photography by writing about it. Now, that seems almost counterintuitive, these two different, two different art forms. But uh, this subject was inspired by Ed Walker, who was uh, featured in the October 2016 issue of Street Photography Magazine. Ed, uh, he's a photographer in New York, he's from the UK, and he um, he took a course, he took some courses at ITC in New York, it's a photography school, 
And one of his professors um, had them write about their photography. She said, your photography gets better if you write about it. He attributes that to real changes in in his work. So we want to talk about that and talk about how how we can do that. What does it mean to to write about your photography? Rather than writing a photo story, you're actually writing about your photography, what it means to you, what's going through your head. So Ashley, why do you think it's important to to write verbally or to, to write about a visual medium? I mean, how could that even help? Well, I agree with Ed Walker. He talks about writing about your work and, you know, that could be one image, a project, your whole body of work even, as a way to find your voice. Um, a lot of times, most of you have probably seen on the blog, we do featured street photographers of the week who we find in our Flickr group. And to many of them, I asked, how would you describe your style? And some of them can describe their style really well. And other people say, I don't really think I have a style. But I'm not sure if that's true. I think we all have our own style. And sometimes it's just a matter of finding it. So writing about your work might help you to formulate your style, your vision into words. I think sometimes that's the missing piece. We have a style. We have a vision. Only we see the world like we see it. Um, but sometimes we have trouble formulating that into words. So writing about it can help us to to do uh, to do that. Yeah, and I think also it helps you clarify your thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're forced to write something out, it forces you to think about it. And you know, I mean, a lot of photographers just do, which is fine. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm in that boat too. And you know, it's important to be able to articulate what yeah. you're, you know, what you're working on too. So I think it can help you formulate goals as well, and maybe it can even help you see points you need to improve on, or to discover your strong points. Yeah, and and to um, you know what it is, what is it you're trying to do? You know, often. I know I fall into this trap, but go out and do the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do you how do you stretch your stretch yourself, stretch your limits, unless you have yeah, like an objective in mind and what it is you're hoping to accomplish? Does you, it's like anything else when you when you get under stress, you fall back into old habits. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to create new habits in a stressful environment, and, and you know, being out on the street or really photographing anything can be stressful. Yeah. So writing might be a good way to get out of a rut or to just keep your passion alive for street photography even. You know, I, let me ask you, if you don't, Ashley's a professional writer. She writes all of the excellent blogs on our blog posts. She doesn't write any of the crummy ones. Those are mine. (laughs) No. (laughs) Although I put her name on them sometimes. No. (laughs) But she is. She's an excellent writer. I don't know. You're probably you're so good at it. You probably don't think about it. But a lot of photographers are not very strong writers, uh, probably because they don't do it enough. Uh, myself included. How does somebody who struggles with writing, who freezes up when they have a blank piece of paper or a blank computer screen in front of them, what can they do to get the juices flowing and to get better at it? That's a really good question. Um, And I think part of that 
starts when you're on the street shooting. I would say definitely take a little notebook with you or, you know, you can use your cell phone or anything to, to write down some notes. But maybe when you take an image, if it's one that especially affects you, or if you go to a coffee shop after where you finish shooting to look at your images, take a few minutes to write down how you felt, um, the connection you had with your subject, uh, why you took an image, just your basic thoughts about it and what it meant to you. I found that sometimes I have a moment in my life that's really dramatic or not even dramatic, but it's something that affects me and it can be used to make really good writing. But if I don't write down a couple notes at the moment, I'll forget. I'll forget that initial feeling. So I think that's maybe the first step to write down a couple notes about how you felt or what you saw or, you know, how your subject affected you in the moment, either right after you take the photo or, you know, when you're looking at your images afterwards. I think that's a good starting point. Yeah, that's a good point. It reminds me of uh, something completely unrelated. That's um, a David Allen's Getting Things Done, uh, the time management guru, and he always says, get into the capture habit. When something occurs to you, capture it immediately. And, you know, thoughts and emotions are so fleeting Mm-hmm. that you're going to lose it. You may say, I want to remember it, but you're not going to. But that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, so so making notes right away. What what else can somebody do? I would also say don't worry about being grammatically correct. Some people don't are afraid of writing because they feel like, you know, I'm not good at spelling or grammar, and because of that I'm not a good writer. But that's not necessarily true. Um, that's what spell check is for. It can fix your grammar and, and spelling if you can transmit ideas, that's more important than being grammatically correct. So don't worry about spelling and grammar. Don't let that impede you from writing things down. And then my second uh, point on that same line of thought is that conversational writing is usually the most interesting to read anyway. So don't worry about trying to become Ernest Hemingway. Just write down what you think as you would say it, as if you were having a conversation with a friend. Um, and that'll make for interesting writing. It'll be you. Uh, I, I think those are two really big points. Don't worry about being grammatically correct or spelling and write what you think as you would say it. The, um, you know, I think when, back when I was in school, which was a while ago, um, we were always admonished for not writing properly. You know, mm-hmm. you used you didn't spell correctly, your grammar, blah, 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 which is very important in the final product. But then when my daughter got to school, you know, they always encouraged sloppy copy. Mm. You know, just just write it out, get it out there, and then go back and start to correct it later. Right. And so I think uh, often depends on when, when you grew up and where you went to school. Um, you know, when you, when you went to certain schools and, and the nuns came around with the, with the rulers <laughs> smacked you on the fingers, you know, for doing something wrong. Well, that, that, you know, at six years old, that instills some, uh, you know, some, some lifelong trauma. Lifelong trauma. <laughs> I didn't go to Catholic school. My wife did. And she still talks about it to this day. Uh, not, nothing against Catholic schools because they're, they're excellent schools, but, um, you know, so sometimes you have to unlearn things, I think too. Yeah. Yeah, and especially, like you say, times have changed, times continue to change, and people want to read more conversational things now, 
versus the formal stuffy completely grammatically correct and you know that's a little boring to people now people now want to know what this is about quickly um, they want to hear it in a in an informal tone so that's all things that can encourage us to write yeah that's a good point you know what has helped me a lot is uh, using dictation software it's come a long way um, mm. I use uh, I have dragon dictate which is not cheap uh, but it works very well if you have, uh, especially if you use a headset. And there you can just talk and and just get the words out, then go back and, and fix it later. So I found that helpful. Um, there's dictation built into Macs um, that works pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure about Windows now. Android devices have excellent dictation built into them. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like we were talking about conversational writing is best. So if you really hate writing, why not do like an audio diary as you shoot? Mm -hmm. And then you can use dictation software to, to quote unquote, write it down later. Yeah, you can. So you don't have to write it down. You can, you can dictate it. Um, uh, Apple devices have dictation too through Siri. It's not as good. I think the Android is much better. Um, so if you have one of those phones, you can just open up on a note and just chat right away into it. Uh, obviously, typing on these devices is a is a big pain. But yeah. <laughs> so where should people? I mean, why do this? Is this for for publication purposes? Is it for your own purposes? Well, it's usually the best way to go about it is to do it for your for yourself, for no one else. Um, you'll get more genuine work. Uh, it will be more, what's a, how's a good way, what do you think? What's a good way to describe that? Hmm. I think, I think I'm going to say cut. Because, <laughs> Sorry, put you because on the I was formulating a question at that time. <laughs> what was the, tell me the question again. I said, what do you think would be a good way to, scra to describe doing writing for yourself, for personal purposes? Okay. Okay. All right. We'll start again in three, two, one. Well, really, you're talking to yourself. It's, it's like a journal. You're just making notes of what happened and what you thought. And you can go back later and review it and remember. So it's just a conversation with yourself. Yeah. And that is what will help you progress as a photographer. Um, find your vision, find your voice, uh, find ways to improve your work. And that's what really I think we're talking about here, not writing a super blog that, you know, you're going to get millions of followers, but just writing things down to help you improve as a photographer. Yeah, but speaking of blogs, it's also a great way to blog about your photos. And I, and I think... Uh, I think it's a good idea to publish your stuff uh, in a blog and and talk about it. Now, we go back to Ed Walker again. He's he's going to be embarrassed if he listens to this. Uh, <laughs> one of th one of the things that intrigued me was his blog, or is his blog, and, and I encourage you to go look at it to to actually see a good example of what we're talking about. And he started the blog as a result of the course that he took, just to write about his work. He didn't care if anybody read it. He happens to be a very good writer. And 
he'd work on a project or something new, and he would write about it. Um, and it's a, for me, it was a great read because you can see what's going through his mind, what he's thinking about, what he's working on, what he learned from it. And, you know, it's very simple to do. You can start a blog for free. Um, he's, he, he's, his is on WordPress, uh, not WordPress, his is on uh, Squarespace, which is an excellent place for photographers to set up a, a simple website, a nice website. And um, so, I, I mean, I being a geek myself and a blogger <laughs> and a developer, I'd say, go start that blog and start posting your stuff and writing about it. And I think this framework, and we're going to give you some tools to use to do this. Um, I think it's an excellent way to do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I personally, I feel like if I go to a photographer's blog, I would like to read about their images. I feel like if I want to just see their images, I'll go to Flickr or somewhere that's just for images. Yes. But I like to see their thoughts, their process on a blog. So it definitely makes a blog way more interesting than just putting a, an image with a caption. Yes, and and you're eventually going to get traffic from it uh, yeah. because of that. So, I mean, I would encourage you to take that step and do it, even if it's only two or three images. And, and again, we're going to show you how or give you some suggestions on, on how to do this. But we'll go back to Ed again. He's done two things. He writes about his own work, uh, about specific projects or techniques he's doing, and he writes about the work of others. He's been choosing photographers uh, that he likes and thinking through what what he's learned from them, and it's very interesting and, and very helpful. It's uh, just I thought, again, it's an excellent read. Yeah, I think that's a great idea too, because I think sometimes our problem is formulating our goals and what we want to achieve into words. If we can put it into words, then we have something solid to work towards. But if we look at a photographer's images and say, "Man, I really like his images. I want to shoot like that." It's not as concrete or specific, and it's harder to work towards. Yeah, it is. And and again, you do it in a conversational tone. So, mm -hmm. all right, now here's the big question. How do I do this? <laughs> How do I do what do I What do I say? I don't know what to say. Lucky for you, in the body of the article with this podcast is, is a, I guess for lack of a better term, we'll call it a framework. And it's a list of questions. And you use these questions as a guide to write about your photography. It could be one photograph. It could be, um, it could be from a day's shooting, your favorite five photos from a, from a day's shooting, or it could be an entire project or new technique you're working on. It could, it could be anything. And well, for example, Ed Walker again, he's working on a project called Spotlight, and he's photographing uh, in really tough light, really uh, high contrasty um, light, you know, late in the day where there's really strong shadows. And he's, you know, working a lot on that. And, he, and he's doing it with his lens wide open, you know, like F1.4, which is that's really tough to do. He has the right camera to yeah. do it. He's got very shallow depth of field. He's shooting people on the street in very bright light with dark shadows. He's writing about this, whatever your objective is. Write about it. Now, here's our, here's the framework. And I've got about, I don't know, 10 questions. You don't have to answer all of them. But first question, what are you doing? You know, what is it you're working on? 
Why are you doing it? And if, if you just take this framework and you write one paragraph about each question, or at least each question that applies, you're going to have something good to work with. Definitely. Why are you doing it? What are you expecting the end result to be at the beginning? Now, you don't have to write this all at once. You can write it as you go if you're working on it for a while. What obstacles did you face? Or are you currently facing? You know, what are you thinking about? What are your musings about this? Did you overcome the obstacles? How did you do it? Really important is, what do you feel about this? Tell us how you feel about it. And what have you learned from it? What are you going to do differently? Then again, what are you going to stop doing? Now, maybe not all these questions apply, but say take three-quarters of them, two-thirds of them, and force yourself to do this. What do you think about that? Yeah, and over time, this is going to help you to improve your writing. Like, I know you said, Bob, that I'm a good writer, and, but I feel the same way about my photography. And I think we're, we can boil it down to the same problem. It's a matter of practice. I spend way more time writing than I spend shooting the streets. So sometimes it's a matter of just practicing and practicing. If you do this writing framework for all of your projects or several of your images or try to do it once a month or, you know, on a, on a constant basis, your writing will improve. Yeah, so here's a challenge. We're going to challenge you right now. Take this framework. Select some of your photos that you've already done, maybe on a particular subject, or maybe it's a project you've already you've, you've completed years ago or something you're working on now. Take that, take maybe five photographs, take this framework and write about it using these questions. And if it's something you like, send it in to us as a potential article for the magazine or for the blog, for our website. Absolutely. We would love to see the results of your labor when it comes to trying to write a little more about your images. All right. So we've thrown down the gauntlet. Let's <laughs> see you do it. Uh, you can just send it in an email, write to me at bob at streetphotographymagazine.com. Uh, don't use the submission form on the website because that's only for one photo. Just send the text, send the photos, 1,024 pixels wide. That's all the wider they need to be. Don't send full-size images. You can put them in a zip file right in the email. You don't have to do anything special for it. Well, we've been taking turns choosing a favorite photographer and talking about why we like them. I think it's your turn this time, huh, Bob? It is my turn, and I'm going to talk about a guy who has impressed me since the, the moment I've seen his work, and his name is Glenn Capers. Uh, Glenn is a, he's a former photojournalist, worked for the Associated Press. He's done some cinemat uh, cinematography and now he spends most of his time teaching workshops. And he, he's pretty unusual. He teaches long workshops. It can be like a week, a couple of weeks. And he teaches them all over the world in these interesting places. And I mentioned earlier, he, he's one workshop instructor I would, I would love to work with. And well, why did I choose him as a photographer? Well, he's a, he's a phenomenal storyteller. I mean, technically, he's, you know, he's got it all as a photographer. Uh, <laughs> And uh, but, you know, he really he brings out the life in his subjects, uh, you know, he, and I think it's because he does not just see them as an object, a photograph on the street. Um, you know, he sees them as people. It appears he really gets to know them 
and and then photographs them accordingly. He's a documentary photographer. He does lots of photo stories. So I'm going to give you a link to his website where most of his photo stories are. In fact, we published them in the magazine. And then the Wasn't very, he a featured photographer? He was a featured photographer, but we also, um, when, when I first started the podcast a couple years ago, we've done the mm-hmm. podcast off and on, it was the very first episode of the podcast, and it was the article that we featured him in in the magazine. And so it's, uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the, uh, to the article so you can see it right on the website. It's got his photographs. It has his interview, which is very interesting. So you can go look at it right now, but let us finish first and then, then, <laughs> then go check it out. I think what he does, I mean, just beyond being an excellent photographer, I think he watches what's going on. He really pays attention to what's going on. He listens to people. He gets to mm-hmm. know them. Um, if you look at his work, you see he tends to shoot pretty wide with wide lenses. He has a very consistent black and white process that I love. And he applies the same black and white look to everything. You know, me, I jump around and I try different things. He's got mm-hmm. a consistent look. He found his vision. He, oh, he certainly did. Yes, he, <laughs> he certainly did, at least from my perspective. I don't know if he'll say he did, but yeah, absolutely. Just a couple stories. He has two articles that I that I really like. Two photo stories. One's called Superman. Superman is a guy. I think it's he's in Honduras. He's a retired janitor, school janitor. And in that country, the teachers are not well paid. They're not treated very well. They formed a union, and he supports their union. He dresses up like Superman, and. Goes out and protests. He's on the street all the time, dressed like Superman. And Glenn did a story on him. And he was in his home with him. He has a photo of him in his bathroom putting on a Superman suit. <laughs> I remember a, that story. It's a fabulous story. It's one of my favorite photo stories. We'll have a link to Glenn's stories. I encourage, encourage you to look at it. Just looking at the photos alone are great. But the, the story that goes along with it is amazing. You know, and he finds these kind of things. Um, he has another story. He was teaching a workshop in India. The group of people, and they were on a street, and these people came out of this house, and they invited them into the house. And in the house was uh, one of the people's mother who was dying. I mean, she was literally on her deathbed. And they invited them to come in and photograph. And they actually were there when she died. It was so sad. It, wow. the, the name of the article was Healing Hands. It is so powerful. And he was telling me the story of this. You have to listen to the interview when he tells the story, how the people are photographing and they're crying. I'm sure some people couldn't do it. Just amazing. Just amazing. But well, what did I learn to, from this? Well, first I learned to pay attention. I mean, as a photographer, you have to pay attention. But pay attention to the people. Mm-hmm. And, and I learned that there's stories everywhere. And he goes to these places all over the world. There's stories around us. There's people. There's organizations. There's clubs. There's bowling alleys. There's museums. There's things. There's lots of things you can do stories on. Find a story and tell the story with your camera and tell the story with your world. That's what I learned. And I've got a photo story burning in me I'm going to start working on uh, this winter. Uh, listen to people. And again, 
don't look at them as objects, as, as something to photograph on the street and move away. Get to know the people, too. That's what I learned from it. Hopefully, hopefully you'll see something similar. I think that's so true because he's gotten so up close and personal with these people. Um, but I think what you said is, is spot on. We have to see people as people, not subjects. And if we approach them like that, a lot of them are very willing to open up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They are. I mean, if you're, your camera's at your side and you just talk. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have, something, you have something to write about later on, too. You do, because you had an interaction. You made a friend. Yep. Or maybe you made an enemy, whatever. <laughs> you have a story to tell. Yes. And we will leave it at that. So that's all for today on the Street Photography Magazine podcast. And I uh, just want to wish you a, well, by the time you hear this, Thanksgiving will be over. Just a happy holiday season. And uh, so, Ashley, what do you have to say? Yeah, best wishes to everybody. Um, if you guys are able to use our framework to write up a little project, send it in to us. We'd love to see it. And keep shooting. Keep shooting.